0: Amen, 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 Give it up for the band, y'all. Come on, look at my hand clap. Come on. They, they do so much. They do so much, and, and I can appreciate them. They don't only just come here. They, they serve throughout the week. They, they are, you know, people, they're normal people. Where it's not like we, we keep them here overnight, and they, all they do is play. You know, they, they have their lives, but God is using them in such a powerful way. Amen? Amen. Come on. If you're excited for what God's going to do, let me hear you say aloud, amen praise God in continuing what's been going on going on going on in this church if you guys have been here the previous weeks you will know that we have studied on who is God who is God and so we're getting into this study we're not just going skin deep we're getting a little deeper and giving you a little bit more so you can understand who is God and the first week we came when we talked about the Father everybody say the Father We talked about who he is and what role he plays in the the Trinity, the, the person he plays, amen? Last week, we talked about the son and the roles he had and what he did while here on this earth. Today, we are talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, the triune God, the Holy Spirit. And if you can, with me, open up your Bibles to John 14, 15. John 14, 15. 15. And if you don't have it, you don't have your Bible, you can look up to the screen. We have it here for you. Then I'll read it and it says like this. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Everybody say amen. amen. The first thing you have to know, Jesus is speaking here. We're going to break this passage down exegetically. That means verse by verse, getting everything we can out of each individual verse and what God is saying. It says right here in verse one, the first thing I want to point out to you is, if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus is saying, I don't want your lip service, just keep my commands. He, he, he separates it from here. He separates it from modern Christianity, and he says, if you love me, go further than we're just saying you love me and you come into church. It just seems nowadays, this is what we're doing, it's, it's popular, to just come into church and say, I love God, and we wear a cross, and we, we're part of God. But he says, he, he sets the standard right here, if you love me, keep my commands. That's how you know you love me, Amen. And what he's going to give you now in verse 16, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see the Trinity broken down for us right here. And I, Jesus is speaking, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. That word there, another, in the Greek, eleon, means another of the same kind advocate that word right there in the Greek parakletos a person called to help Jesus is saying I the son is saying I will ask the father and he will give you another of the same kind divine being the same kind of God race another helper and to be with you and if you have the Holy Spirit in this place can I get a loud amen? amen I love this because here in the church today it's all about the Holy Spirit It is about the Holy Spirit. Some of us put on this little thing and we just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'm on the board. I'm on train with Jesus, right? I love Jesus Christ, and I'm not trying to take away from who he is. But right now, today, God's power is being manifested through his Holy Spirit. And some of us dumb down the Holy Spirit and just say, oh, well, it's about Jesus Christ. And all we say is Jesus, but we don't understand the role that the Holy Spirit has. You see, Jesus Christ, the son and God took our sins on the cross. But you receive that salvation. You receive that forgiveness through the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be here today. Without the Holy Spirit, we couldn't worship God and receive his power and receive forgiveness because it wouldn't happen. And and I love this because this is what the Bible says, the Bible says this, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. If you have ever been out witnessing or evangelizing, especially in some rough parts, a lot of people would quickly come against you and say, well, I can't see God. And they want you to just be like, oh, prove him to me. As if you can do like a magic trick and show them God, open up the heavens. And a lot of people think like that. if they can see it, they'll believe it. But here the Bible says the world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit. They cannot accept him because it neither sees nor knows him. I'm going to break this down for you. The Father, God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father is a spirit. Amen. He's outside of what creation. We talked about that. God made creation. He is not just like a normal human being. He is a spirit. He made the world. He spoke it out. He is God. Amen. He is a spirit. The son is a spirit. Before Jesus came to the earth and, and, and took on flesh, he is a spirit. But when he came down to the earth, he took on flesh. It will be the same thing if any person, any human being, were to go to outer space. You just can't go up there in your jeans, your shoes, and just, you know, gelling. you can't do that. You have to put on a, 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 a space suit to go out there because you know there's no oxygen, oxygen up there. Amen? So God, when he came down, Jesus, when he came down, he came down and took on flesh. But don't be deceived. He was 100% God and 100% man. That's the beauty of it. Only he, perfect, spotless, took our sin, the sacrifice for us. And now the Holy Spirit, which is in the name, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I love that. Today, let's just take this moment. The Holy Spirit is in this place, and he's inside of you. Amen? I'm going to explain three characteristics of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your notes, pull out your notes. I want you to take some good notes so you can understand and expand your knowledge on God, the Holy Spirit. He is, number one, not just a force, but a person. He is not just a force, but a person. We don't believe that the Holy Spirit is just this good energy, makes you feel good, that it's just karma, that it's everything that works out for your favor. That's not who he is. He is a separate person, indivisible, but a being, a person in the Trinity. Amen? Acts 5-4 in the early church, the book of Acts is all describing, all talking about the Holy Spirit and how the church began. So where Metro prays in every church, you find out where it began. It began in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit came on to the people and they went forth. And Acts 5, 4, there's a story of a man and a woman, husband and wife, Ananias and Sapphira. Okay, they sold their house. They sold their property and they went before the apostles. And instead of giving all of what they had gotten from the, from the, the property, they stole, they lied and kept some from themselves. And here this passage, this passage explicitly tells you that the Holy Spirit is God. It says like this, Peter speaks out, one of the disciples, the original 12. He says, Ananias, how has the devil so deceived you that you lied to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied only to men, but to God. See, within that same context, Peter is talking like he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He doesn't make any difference and say, You lied to the force. No, he said you've lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied to God. He is God. Amen. Number two, he is equal to the Father and to the Son. That's just say the Son Jesus. The Holy Spirit. He is equal to the Father and and to the Son, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came back. Now imagine this. You were a part of the people. You were part of the disciples that saw Jesus Christ crucified. And at that point in time, you're feeling like all hope is gone. And Jesus comes back, and he gives them this lesson. He talks to him. He says, therefore, go. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, therefore, go. And make disciples, disciples, I love that. He said make disciples, not churchgoers, not lukewarm Christians. He said go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, singular, name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, Jesus is speaking, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I love this, and you have to take the time to look at Scripture and understand it. Jesus gives us this promise that he's saying he'll be with us to the very end of the age. I don't know about you, but I've never seen Jesus walk up when we're worshiping, walk up and and clap hands with us. I've never seen that. So how is this possible? How is this possible? Jesus made a promise to us, and we know God doesn't lie. Amen? How many of you guys know that Jesus is not lying when he tells us, I will be with you? Amen. You have to understand what he's talking about here is the Holy Spirit being with us, all one God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. It is through the Holy Spirit that all the characteristics, all the traits of the Father and the Son are given to us. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Father and the Son. Amen? That's how it works. That's how Jesus keeps his promise. Because the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus the Father, is all with you. One separate person, all one God. Amen? If I haven't lost you, say amen. Amen. Praise God. Equal to the Father and to the Son. We're learning as Jesus himself is teaching us this. Amen? And number three, the person of God indwelling in the believers. If you can, all open up to your Bibles to John 14, 23 through 26. John 14, 23 to 26. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Come on, i give you guys a couple more seconds. John 14, 23 through 26. Amen. And it says like this, verse 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not of my own. They belong to the father who sent me. Verse 25, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Here it is. God is promising. Jesus is promising. Again, the Trinity, promising you the Holy Spirit, God. I like this. At the end of verse uh, 26, it says this, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Let me tell you what, church. In life, in your walk with God, you're going to go through some things. You can come to a Sunday service and feel the Holy Ghost. You can feel God and leave here with just a joy knowing that God just did something to you in this service. Amen? If God is working to you right now, just say amen. So here's the thing. So many times when we leave these church doors and we go out into the real world, sometimes we lose that joy. We lose that promise and we're looking at life and life is not all as glamorous as we thought it was when we're here in a worship service. It seems that when we're here in a worship service, all the problems and everything goes away. But when we step back out, what happens? What changes? Here's the thing. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have said to you. Everything that Jesus spoke to you in his word, his promises, the Holy Spirit reminds. And I find it so true. I I know this passage to be so true in my life that when I go through things, it's, it's, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, when I'm in church worshiping God, I feel awesome. But when I go out and face something that opposes me, it's just like, is God's word still true in my life? Is his promises still true? And it's the Holy Spirit beginning to speak to you in your heart. It brings you God's word. He reminds you of the words of Jesus Christ. You see that intimacy that God has with you, the person indwelling God inside of you. It was always supposed to be like that. Jesus made a promise to you that he will never leave you. And now you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. I did this for the first service. If you all can just do this, close your eyes with me in an attitude of just, of just respect and honor for what's going to happen right now, you have the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, God living inside of you. This very second, he is inside of you. God, who is before time, inside of you. Amen, you can open up your eyes with me. Whenever life gets too fast for you, just hold up, pump the brakes, and just say, this is who you are. Because so many times we we lose focus, and this is the world. We're not supposed to be here forever. Okay, let me give you this. I'm a wake-up call. We're not supposed to be here forever. What's a good life, 70 years? 70 years and then that's it, right? You are not meant to be here. This is not your home. You understand, your home is in heaven with the Lord. So why chase after things that never satisfy? Why chase after things that will never give you the glory, the pleasure of of having and knowing God? Amen? So I always tell myself, this is not my home. And so I like to pause whenever things just get too busy or too hectic or I just can't control it or just like I need God. I just pause and I say, you're living inside of me. You are in me. You are with me. And it's always a good encouragement to tell yourself that, remind yourself that this is not, your situation is, doesn't define you. Amen? Praise God. And moving forward, we're going to learn three things that the Holy Spirit does. He's at work at this very moment right now, working inside of you. He's doing these three things, and we're going to look at these individually. Number one, he gives you new spiritual life. Open up your Bibles to John 3.3. 3. John 3.3. We're not going to have the verses on the screen, so if you bring your Bibles, go ahead and flip there today. And we always encourage you to bring your Bibles so you can just work the word and just follow along with us. You can remember what's happening. John 3.3. It says this. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth i read that again. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. The Holy Spirit, God, what he does in the lives of believers, in the lives of those who are coming to God, he gives them a new spiritual life, and we use this term being born again. It does not mean you're going to become a baby, reincarnate into a baby, and live your life again as a second chance. It means you stay as you are, but God does a new work, brings a new start, being born again of the Spirit inside of you. Amen? And this is a work of the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he gave us new life. Amen? We understand it comes through Jesus Christ. He he died on the cross. That's where we're forgiven. But how do we receive it today? Through the Holy Spirit giving you a new life. So if you're in this place and you want that new life, we're going to give you a chance at the end to accept God. Because we don't want anybody leaving this place. But I'll say, man, God, I want this fresh start. I want this fresh start. Even though I was saved at a young age, there was a point in time where I backslid from the Lord. I shipwrecked my faith. And now if I were to die at that point in time where I left the faith, I would not be in heaven. I do not believe one saved, always saved. I do believe that you can shipwreck your faith. Paul talks about it, and he points out Hymenaeus and Alexander in one of his letters. He calls them out. He says, they have shipwrecked their faith. They are not saved anymore. They left the faith. You're talking about like backsliding. These men are in the Bible for all to see. Paul calls them out. And everybody who has a Bible can read about them. You're talking about, like, treated, being burned. This is for everybody to see. So you can shipwreck your faith. So being born again, if you're in this place and you were saved, you used to love God, you were radical for God, but you are not. Come on, I believe you can rededicate your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, the Holy Spirit does this work. He sanctifies you from sin. Open up your Bibles with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, it says this, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? I'll say it again, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is pointing you out, and if, and if it's you in this place, don't be afraid, but if, if he has your number, he's saying you will not inherit the kingdom of God living like this. And I'll go through it briefly through each one. The sexually immoral, if you're giving into your lust, your, your desires, of, of, of wanting someone else sexually that is wrong. Pornography. All these different things that is sexually immoral. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. No idolaters. That means putting anything before God. It can be a person. It can be a thing. It can be a hobby. You know, this comes before Sunday service. This comes before God in prayer. It can be an idolatry. It can be an idol. You will not ha- inherit the kingdom of God. nor the adulterers. If you desire to be with another man's wife. If you desire it or you do it, or if women, if you desire to be with another man other than your husband, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Nor the male prostitutes nor homosexual offenders do not partake in these things. God is very clear about this. Nor thieves nor the greedy. Thieves, taking something that's not yours, being greedy. And this is defined as not giving to God what is God's. That means you withhold from your tithe and offering. I can't. That is called greed. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Moving forward, nor the drunkards in excess of alcohol. The drunkards, nor the slanderers, talking bad, swearing, all these things that come out of your mouth. And finally, the swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Being dishonest at work, cheating on your taxes, saying leaving early but saying you stayed late all these different things you cannot inherit the kingdom of God But verse 11 I love this it comes up and it says and that is what some of you were praise God and that was what some of you were but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God you were justified you were made new through the Holy Spirit he sanctifies you you are not your sin he made you new. Amen. Sometimes you just got to let go and let God be born again. Let God work on you. We know that when you come into the church, we're not asking you to be perfect. That's not what that's not what's happening here. God is saying, I know there's going to be some people with some problems and mistakes. But if they come to me, if they come and confess, I will work inside of them through my power, through my Holy Spirit. He sanctifies you. Amen. Amen. I love this because it just knows that God is at work inside your heart. And even for myself, I can lose my temper. Amen. Praise God. My mom is there as a testimony. I can lose it. But sometimes you just need God to come inside your life and just work and let him do the process. Let him be God. Amen. Clean you from that. Being set apart from sin. That's what the word sanctify means. Being set apart from sin. And the third thing he does, he fills you with the power of God ministry, one of my favorite verses. Open up your Bibles to Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8. And if you're there, say amen. Come on, if you're learning something, say amen. Amen. Praise God. Acts 1-8, it says this, but you will receive, what's it say? Power. I'll read it again. You guys fill it out. Shout it out. But you will receive when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and of all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love this. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, who's Jesus talking to here? His disciples. Now, he's not talking to a bunch of people that are not saved. We got to understand this. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to people that knew God, that love God, that love Jesus. But he's telling them there's going to be another baptism. There's going to be another filling of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1.8. You will receive power. And this is manifested by the speaking in tongues with the evidence, the physical evidence that you've received it. And if you don't believe me, open up your Bibles to Acts 2. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Boom shakalaka. This is getting me excited. The Holy Spirit is working, and this is what he did. This is what he wants for the church. Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Boom, shaka, laka! I love that. We always say that here whenever we're talking about the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Boom, shaka, laka! If you can do that with me, just be fun in church. On the count of three, I want you to say it. One, two, three. Boom, shakalaka. Just like that. It came upon them and these disciples who once were afraid to proclaim God's word went out of their house. You're talking about a gospel. Went out of the place where they were at. They didn't stay. You see, when they got the Holy Spirit on, they didn't stay where they were at. They went out and spread the word of God. You see, these men started to speak in other tongues. And Peter addresses the crowd. That day was a Jewish festival called Pentecost. So there were a lot of people from different parts of the world to hear. And so the Holy Spirit fills these men up, and they go out proclaiming God's word in an acts two thirty eight through thirty nine it says this. If you can op- open there really quickly two thirty eight through thirty nine it says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see it's a gift. Now, I know this to be true that sometimes people don't always accept the gifts that you give them. You see, God doesn't force this on you. It is a gift. It is a free gift. It means you have the opportunity, the choice, whether or not to accept it. You see, well, we try to point it back at God. What's your fault? I, don't, I, don't, I feel like, no, no, no. He gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, it tells you who it's for. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You see, this gift, Peter automatically tells them, this is for everybody. What you see here is for everybody. The spirit, the baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues is for everybody. Amen. Praise God. And I know right off the bat, there are going to be some skeptics. And there are going to be people who are not accustomed to what God is doing, speaking in tongues. Well, I can't understand it. You see, there's a lot of things in God's kingdom that you won't understand. The Bible says right now, this very moment, there are angels, six winged angels, one covering one pair of wings, covering their feet, another covering their face face and another pair of wings that are flapping around, flying around the throne room of God saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. You talk about trying to explain something you don't understand. And here we are in service trying to explain, well, I can't understand it. The Bible says that the gifts of tongues is for you. It's your prayer language unto the Lord. The Lord knows it. In the book of Romans, it says, when you run out of words, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. I love that. God, God's praying with you. He intercedes on your behalf because he knows what to pray for. It's just like, I don't know what to do. And you just have the Holy Spirit power and just start speaking in tongues and proclaiming it. And God is getting it done. Amen. And I love this because here I'm going to show you if you can get the video ready for us. I'm going to show you a video of Nightline. Nightly News, where Martin Bashir, this famous reporter, he goes and he, and he looks at this phenomenon, and we're not just crazy, we're not making things up, but we take the Bible serious, and we're not afraid to to go under these studies because science only proves God's existence. Amen. That's what it is. There was nothing to hide, and here is a study done on the gifts of the Spirit speaking in tongues. If you can play it for us, please.
1: Thanks for watching our internet
2: edition of Nightline. I'm Martin Bashir. Today, we examine the Christian practice of speaking in tongues. Those outside the church often say it's nothing more than gibberish, but some Christians claim that it's the purest form of prayer beyond the constraints of normal language. Nightline's Vicki Mabry reports on the science of speaking in tongues. <laughs>
1: It is an ancient practice mentioned in the Bible. St. Paul called it speaking in the tongues of angels. Jesus' apostles were first said to do it at Pentecost. The technical term is glossolalia. Most people call it speaking in tongues. There's
2: a vast number of people out there but because they did not personally experience it or have been taught against it all their lives, there's no way they have an ability to embrace it. So that's common. We're still mocked and made fun of.
1: That's not stopping Pastor Jerry Stoltzfus or others in his congregation at the Freedom Valley Worship Center in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, from using what they say is a God-given gift.
3: It's almost as if I'm able to tap into God's heart and what he wants. I get goosebumps, actually. You can feel
4: him all around you, and you can feel him speaking through the words that you're saying.
1: It almost sounds like a foreign language, but actually, those who speak in tongues are not saying anything in any known language.
2: With the gift of tongues, I can trust the Holy Spirit to figure out what needs to be healed. He will use what sounds like gibberish, like any other language sounds like gibberish. Uh, he, He will interpret that for his purposes and his uses.
1: We say things in our own English language but speaking in tongues is a heavenly language that we're going to God and Jesus intercedes for us. They say they have no control over what comes out of their mouths that they're swept up in a rush of ecstatic religious feeling and that the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. Do you hear yourself? Oh, yeah. Sometimes
4: I think I sound like a total idiot. It's almost all in yellows and red here.
1: At the University Uh, of Pennsylvania, Dr. Andrew Newberg is looking for an explanation uh, for what
4: most regard as unexplainable. I mean, it's not language. It's not regular language, at least, that would normally activate the frontal lobe
1: newberg is exploring the relationship between faith and science studying what happens in the brain during the
4: deepest moments of faith if we're really going to look at this very very powerful force in human history of religion and spirituality i think we really have to take a look at how that affects our brain what's changing or turning on or turning off in our brain they're going to go
1: around very fast right now he's recently published what a study of americans speaking run run tongues. in tongues remarkably he discovered that what's happening to them neurologically looks a lot like what they say is happening to them spiritually. Make sure we got your whole head in there. We asked Pastor Jerry Stoltzfus to come to the university to have his brain scanned while he speaks in tongues. This way, we could see the experiment in action.
2: I don't think faith is anything to be afraid of from science. Science validates faith, so bring it on. Whatever the facts are, bring it on. Just go ahead and and you can begin prayer. First, he's told to pray in English. Father, I pray for each of the family members involved in this study. Grant them what they are looking for in their personal lives, for, for their vision and their potential.
1: Then he's told to speak in tongues.
2: This is
4: the first scan, when he was in prayer, speaking in English. This is the second scan, when he is praying in tongues. Pastor Stoltzfus's scans
1: show that his frontal lobe, the part of the brain that controls language, was active when he prayed in English. But for the most part, it fell quiet when he prayed in tongues.
4: When they're actually engaged in this whole a very intense spiritual practice, religious practice for them, their frontal lobes tend to go down in activity. But I think it's very consistent with the kind of experience that they have because they say that they're not in charge. They're, it's the voice of God, it's the Spirit of God that's moving through them. Dr. Newberg says the results were even more dramatic
1: on subjects who were scanned without a nightline crew in the room and who were not speaking in tongues on demand as Jerry Stoltzfus had done.
4: Don, you can go
1: ahead. Study participants like Donna Morgan first listened to music then went to where the spirit took them. When I heard about the study, I already knew within my spirit that it was going to be proven that there's a part of our brain that we have no control that, when the Holy Ghost is interceding for us,
4: we're out of control.
1: In earlier studies, Dr. Newberg looked at what happens in the brains of Buddhist monks meditating and Franciscan nuns praying.
4: And it was noticeably different from what happens to tongue speakers. That's in fairly stark contrast to the people who are like the Buddhists and the Franciscan nuns who were in prayer because they are very intensely focused. And in those individuals, the frontal lobes actually increased activity.
1: But Dr. Newberg isn't out to prove or disprove anything. He can tell you what happens in the brain, not why. Were you skeptical going into the studies?
4: If by skeptical, the question is, is this a real phenomenon, meaning that this is truly the voice of God speaking through them, that's a much more problematic question, I think, and something that I'm not sure that we've specifically answered simply by doing our study. But for
1: those who believe, it doesn't matter if science can find the footprints of the Holy Spirit in their 21st century brain scans.
2: When you've experienced this, you don't really care what anybody else thinks. It's personal for in the first place. It is something between you and God. So we don't really care if it's validated or not, but it's fascinating when it is, so that people that have Thought we're crazy can have something to look at to say. Maybe we're not. We're still crazy. We're just not as crazy as they thought.
1: Thank you so much. This is Vicky Mabry for Nightline in Philadelphia. The gray area.
0: Amen. Amen. If you can stand to your feet in closing, come on. Let's give God a hand, a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on. I love that. I love that study because it not only looks at Christianity, but it looks at the Buddhists, it looks like those who who practice meditating, those who take the time to, to focus and believe and get into this place of just meditation. They say more work is going on in the frontal lobe than when you do praying in tongues. And it just lines up with what we say. It's the Holy Spirit, amen? Ben, would you come for me, please? I want to share with you today that the Holy Spirit I mean, he's powerful. He's so strong. And I'm going to share with you a testimony of back when I was in Mardi Gras uh, two years ago with the S.U.M. uh, school. And just the Holy Spirit, how he works, how God works. And I believe he's working the same today. This testimony, we were out in the streets, we go out with the school, and it's our custom whenever Mardi, Mardi Gras comes, our school goes out into the place where you would least expect to preach the gospel, and we go there with the good news of Jesus Christ. And we were out there, before we even hit the streets, we, we bathe ourselves in prayer, and we just say, God, take control, have your way, Holy Spirit, we know it's your power. And so we go to the streets, and in my experiences, it was a great time, I seen people saved, but this one thing in particular, The Holy Spirit, we were out witnessing, it was getting later on in the night, and I remember it's just like, man, God was using me to give people words of encouragement. God was using me in the prophetic, God was giving me people's business, if you will, reading their mail. So what happened was this. Uh, we were witnessing, and this, this young lady comes up with their friend, and you can tell they were drunk. They had the alcohol in their hands, and they're walking this way into Bourbon Street. And whenever you're walking down Bourbon Street into um, the city, that means you are up to no good. Because further around down that street, they have more bars. They have strip bars. They have all this filth and violence and evil that you could you don't even want to talk about. So they were coming down, and me and my partner, his name was Boris, from North Carolina we stop and usually they suggest us don't you know try to witness to to uh, to a man you know if you're partnered up with another man because usually it's a guy and girl but this time we stop them it's just led by the Holy Spirit we stop these two girls and we just start speaking we just hey can can we talk to you really quickly usually people would brush you off and be like I can't especially if you tell them can we tell you about Jesus Christ they have no time for it because they don't even want to hear about Jesus Because they don't come there for Jesus. As soon as you mention the name of Jesus Christ, they're just like, nope, not at all. Because they know they're going into that place. They're going into Mardi Gras to sin. And here are these young girls, and it was just the Holy Spirit just stopping them. And it was like, can we talk to you? Us? Yes, you. Okay. Okay. And so we begin to share our testament. We begin to tell them, And my, my partner, Boris, was, was sharing the gospel. The whole entire time, God was giving me a word for this young lady. God was saying, this is why she feels like this. This is why she doesn't go to church. This is who she is. Tell her this. Tell her I love her. Tell her these things. And there was no possible way I can know this girl. I never met her. She lives in Florida, but she came down to a Mardi Gras to have a good time. Never seen her in my life. And as I'm sitting there praying, the Holy Spirit downloads this to me. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Then whenever you receive a word like that, you have to step out in faith. This just like, am I crazy right now? Or is this, I'm going to sound really dumb. If this is really off, she's going to walk away. So taking a step of faith, God was already doing it. God was already using me in that. I said, okay, God. And it was so specific. And I said, hey, Boris, man, if I he's like, go ahead. And I was like. God just gave this to me right now. I don't know you, but this is what the Lord says. And I give the word of the Lord. This girl starts tearing up. Because as Boris was, was talking to her, she was complaining, I can't. No, I, I know who God is. She was getting all this. And then God was downloading saying, she hates me because of her past relationship with her family and things like that. She grew up in the church. She grew up in the church. And she hates me because of her family. And she feels like she can't come back. A specific word, and I told this. This girl's just like, like shell shocked. Just dropped like, an all like, like who told you that? She stops and said, "Who told you this? Who told you that? Who, wh- where'd you get that from, huh?" Like questioning me. I said, "Ma'am, this is a word from the Lord. God loves you enough to let you go on and to live like this. He's telling me to tell you that He loves you, and He sent us here to tell you that by the power of the Holy Spirit." This girl starts. Pauling in the middle of the street people are walking by with these huge containers of alcohol and people are doing un- uh, just untalkable things and it's just like what is happening in the middle of the street starts crying uncontrollably and either okay I, I either offended her or this was spot-on and it was spot-on God was doing such a work she opens up she said I don't know how you know I don't know who told you that but that's exactly why she said I used to be a pastor's daughter and I was judged and all these different things, all these, all these. I I don't feel like I can come back. And the Holy Spirit had her number right there, drops the alcohol. Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? I know there's no way. I don't even know you, but you said that about me. There's no possible way. See, God is in the business of today, doing it today for your life. He knows you so well, so intimately. If you can close your eyes in an attitude of prayer. We want to pray before we leave. Because a sermon on the Holy Spirit can't go without some prayer and just receiving him. Amen? So the first person we want to pray for is for those in the world who don't know Jesus Christ, who don't know the Holy Spirit. If you're saying, like, I want God, I want to have that, it starts with this, accepting Him into your life, being born again. I want you to pray this simple prayer. If that's you, I want you to pray it. If the church, if everybody can pray it out loud to encourage what God is doing in people's lives, so if you can pray this, I would say, Jesus, say, Holy Spirit, Father, I ask you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins. I want to be born again. I want to receive your new life. I want to receive your Holy Spirit. Make me new today, right now, in Jesus' name. If you pray that for the first time, I want my altar workers to come on out. If you pray that for the very first time, we want to encourage you to go deeper. The next person we're going to pray for, and I'm going to release you to come up here for prayer. We're not going to get so spiritual. We're not, Guys, when we pray, we want you to come up and experience and receive what God is doing. In an attitude of prayer, the next person we want to pray for is those who are saying, I want God to sanctify me. I want God to sanctify me. I want God to clean me up. If you're in this place and you're saying, Adam, I'm already born again. I know who God is. But you want more of his Holy Spirit to clean you from the inside out. Because there have been some things in your life that you know as a Christian, they should not be there. And knowing that God cleans you, he doesn't let you stay the same. He purifies you. You need to come up to these altars. You need to find someone up here to pray with and say, God, I need you to help me. We want to encourage you. We don't want to put in condemnation. The Bible says the devil does that, but God gives you a spirit of freedom. So if that's you in this place, we want you to come on up. If you're saying today, Adam, I'm sanctified, I love God, I'm born again, but I don't speak in tongues, today is your day. Today is your day. We want you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. An attitude of prayer, please close your eyes. We want you to receive this today looking at us you're not going to receive it but it's a matter of the holy spirit coming into your life so right now on the count of three i'm going to release you father i pray that every person will be sensitive to your holy spirit whatever they're dealing with god you know them personally the same way you knew that girl in mardi gras where you changed her life i pray that you will do it in jesus name one two three come on up come on up if you need prayer come on up If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, go ahead and start speaking in tongues. Start encouraging. Start building up faith in this place. The Bible says that when you speak in tongues, you build up faith. Come on, we're believing God to baptize you with a fresh spirit. If you're saying, I speak in tongues, I just want a fresh spirit. Come on up. We want to pray with you. Come on. Come
3: on. When we want to pray for you. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize
0: us in fire. For some, even though after listening to a sermon on the Holy Spirit, all this can still be new to you, all this can still be something that you're not familiar with. See, God knows where you're at. He doesn't force things upon you that you should be like this or you should do this. But he gives you the choice to come into him freely. To come to him. See, God knows exactly the things you're struggling with, the things that are stopping you from coming up and receiving prayer. He knows exactly where you're at. right now in your seat, if that's you, if you have this the struggle with fear, right now God is telling you today to step out and step into his Holy Spirit, to step out of that life of fear and step into his Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit power to come for your family, if you want the Holy Spirit power to come into your job, into your life, and the things that you do, if you need God's help, you need his Spirit's power, we want you to come on up. Come on, don't miss out on what the Holy Spirit is doing. Come on, if you're in your seat and you speak in tongues, go ahead and just start speaking in that gift, start speaking in that heavenly language. Holy Spirit holy spirit come on build it up in this place do a fresh work today do a fresh work today come on let's sing it out baptize Come on, in closing, before we leave, before we head back home, let's sing this song. Sing Fresh Fire. Fresh fire. We want your fresh fire upon our lives, God. Your Holy Spirit manifests power. So, se Sing it out. Say Fresh. Fire burn. Oh, we need it today. Fire burn fresh I don't I don't want you to leave here without allowing the Holy Spirit power to just touch you today. Come on. I know you're saved. I know you love God. He wants to touch you and fill you afresh today. Today, he's saying, make it new today. We're not just talking about getting excited. In closing, we're going to sing this song. But in an attitude of prayer, we're not just talking about you getting excited and singing the lyrics of a song. We're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. Oh, we receive it today. We receive it today. Come on, before we go, we're going to sing this song with everything we got. Sing, baptize us. Come on, if you're done praying, I want you to sing this song in closing. As our allegiance, as our pledge today. This is what we want every day. Oh, sing it out, sing baptize, and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us with fire. And baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Oh, sing it out today. Sing baptize. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. every voice in this place, sing it out. Baptize us in
3: the fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit.
0: Baptize us with fire. Sing, baptize us in the Holy
3: Spirit.
0: Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Sing it out. Fresh fire. Baptize us
3: in the Holy
0: Spirit. Come on, sing fresh fire. Fresh. Fire burn. Sing it out today. Go, saints of God. Let's press in today. The first fire in our lives
3: says
0: fire burn. let's sing that out. fresh fire fresh fire burn. sing it out just fire. Fire burn. Fire burn. fresh fire burn. if you can in closing just hold the, pa- the hand of the person next to you please in closing I'm going to pray a prayer dismissal But we don't want to stop what God is doing. If you want more of the Holy Ghost, the band is going to keep on playing. You're more than welcome to stay and just soak in. If you have questions, come on up. We want to pray with you. right now, I'm going to pray a prayer dismissal. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for showing up today. I thank you for changing us, for not leaving us the same way. I pray, God. That what happened here today in the lives of people, today as your Holy Spirit moved, that it would not stop on a Sunday service, but that it will go first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and next Sunday in the week following, that your Holy Spirit work would continue to save, continue to sanctify, continue to fill with your Holy Spirit power. We thank you, God. We thank you for every person here. May they take it back to their families. May they take it back to their home. May they take it back to their business. May they take it back to the streets, oh God. Fill them up daily. Daily, God. We thank you for every person. Come on, if you're thankful for the Holy Spirit, give them a hand, clap of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming on and out. The band is going to keep on playing. If you still want prayer, we're not in a rush. Come on up. Thank you for coming on out. Next week we have 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Come on, Holy Spirit, move.